Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. So we mix it up, mix it up. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Somewhere along the way, many of us stop longing for that ocean. We stop thinking that our hearts really, truly matter to Jesus. And instead, we can easily slip into thinking that he really cares more about what we can do for him than about us, our productivity, our behaviors. We probably each have different but maybe somewhat similar reasons for that. Sometimes we as Christians begin to think that in sacrificing our lives to Christ, we also should be denied of all our desires. We try to suppress the longings of our hearts and we begin to think that Jesus only cares about what we can do for him. But Jesus desires our hearts, so we should tell him about our desires. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part one of their message, Jesus and Desire. Once upon a time, there lived a sea lion who had lost the sea. He lived in a country known as the Barren Lands. High on a plateau, far from any coast, it was a place so dry and dusty that it could only be called a desert. A kind of coarse grass grew in patches here and there, and a few trees were scattered across the horizon, but mostly it was dust and sometimes wind, which together make one very thirsty. Of course, it must seem strange to you that such a beautiful creature should wind up in a desert at all. He was, mind you, a sea lion. But things like this do happen. How the sea lion came to the barren lands, no one could remember. It all seemed so very long ago. So long, in fact, it appeared as though he had always been there. Not that he belonged in such an arid place. How could that be? He was, after all, a sea lion. But as you know, once you have lived so long in a certain spot, no matter how odd, you come to think of it as home. That's an excerpt from a book by John Eldridge called Journey of Desire. We're all like sea lions living in a desert. When Jesus finds us, we're usually very aware of it, and, and we're desperate to be saved from the worst parts of the desert. And Jesus begins leading us back towards the ocean where we belong. But for some reason, somewhere along the way, many of us stop longing for that ocean. We stop thinking that our hearts really, truly matter to Jesus. And instead, we can easily slip into thinking that he really cares more about what we can do for him than about us, our productivity, our behaviors. 
We probably each have different, but maybe somewhat similar reasons for that. Maybe you prayed for something and it didn't happen. Like somebody you really loved and you you prayed for their healing, but God didn't heal them. Maybe you were taught that to be a good Christian means you have to die to all your desires and just be serious and spiritual and stop having any fun. Maybe you're afraid of the desires inside you, aware of your own propensity for evil and sin. Elizabeth and I understand that. You know, what, what we think God wants to do tonight is rescue the parts of our hearts that have maybe been locked away because for whatever reason we've come to the conclusion that it's either not welcome with Him or, or maybe not, not safe with Him. You know, there are things that I, sometimes we, we think if, if I give that to Him, He's going to completely take it away when that's not actually what He wants to do. Turn to Mark chapter 10. I want to read a couple of different situations. In both of these situations, Jesus asked a question. What do you want me to do for you? And that's what he's asking tonight. So it's in Mark 10. There's two stories. We begin in verse 35, where it says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? When our daughter was little, she would sometimes ask stuff along those lines. Like she's like, Mom, I'm going to ask you something, and I want you to say yes. And, <laughs> and it would always trigger in us, like, caution and probably not, and we for sure make no promises. Like, always. <laughs> it was so funny because it was always this, and whatever it is, Mom, if you will say yes, then, you know, it was, it was this kind of mischief. And in this case, Jesus knew exactly what they were going to ask him. You know, he knew well, we're going to see what it was that they were going to ask him. It's not like he didn't know what it was. And he doesn't rebuke, as you'll see in a second, he doesn't rebuke them for, for saying something that either is really childish or maybe really entitled, or I don't know why they thought they could get away with that. But whatever it is, he doesn't rebuke it. He engages it. He just goes into, what is it you actually want? What is it you want? Let's talk about it. And I think that that's what we will probably keep saying tonight, like, if you hear nothing else, hear this, whatever you really want, not your polished version of it, but whatever you really want, he wants to talk about with you. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. And I think that's where the breakdown is sometimes. That's what we stop believing at some level, that whatever you care about, he care about simply because he cares for you. Like, I care about virtually everything, I care about what he eats for breakfast because I care for him. So every part about him has interest to me. And, and I can't even imagine how much more that's true for Jesus. So in Mark 10, when we continue in verse 37, they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. And they said to him, we are able. And I don't know if I, I remember when I read that, I remember so many times when I've, I've promised God things, in, maybe in, in really raptured in worship or in some situation with God. I'm like, 
Anything you say, anything, I will do it, God, I promise you. Yes, I can, I can be baptized with your baptism. I can do whatever you tell me. And then you leave that environment and you go out and face reality. And, and then Jesus is like going to cash in on it. And he's like, all right, so what you said was you're going to go do now what I... And I'm like, whoa. And there's this conflict between what we promise him in when we feel grandiose and then what we sometimes actually live out. Like the disciples who said this, they all deserted him when it actually came to it. And there have been times when I've been like, I, I just want to argue with him, I'm scared when the situation comes up. And when I look back on it, he's been faithful to hold me to my promises, sometimes after failure, sometimes after I've failed him. But he will then give me another chance. And sometimes he has, ahead of time, managed to stop me from just rushing into going back on my promise with him. But either way, even when we give him these great promises, even when we obey to the best of our ability, it still doesn't mean that he's obligated to give us whatever we ask of him. Sometimes we think that maybe if I obey him enough, then he will give me. I mean, it's just that bargaining, I think it's so innate. It's part of the stages of grief and of so many other things. But because he loves us, precisely because he loves us, he isn't obligated by anything we do or say. He's obligated by what's best for us. So, I mean, we were thinking about it, like, think of something you have prayed for, that you, you're like, I really, God, I just, if you will give me this one thing, I'll never ask you for anything again. And then he didn't, and you look back, and you're like, thank God. Thank God you'd give me that, like, boyfriend or job or whatever. And he acts out of love, not out of whether or not we obey him primarily, but what is best for us. So in verses 39 and 40, they said to him, we're able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I'm baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it's for those for whom it is prepared. And that's a lot of times when people talk about this story that they end it. It's not mine to give and, you know, but it doesn't end there. I mean, the thing that so fascinates us when we look at the scriptures, it doesn't end there because he actually, they already, just for asking that request, they already begin to see why it wasn't good. And he shows them now what you really want. You want honor. You want glory. You want to be great, to sit in my left and my right hand. I'm going to show you a way to get there that's different from what you thought. So... In verses 41 through 45, we see that when they ten heard it, then they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. And that's a lot of times what happens when we ask for things or we want things in the flesh. It causes division or isolation. One may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus, Pastor Robert, and his wife Elizabeth, a threefold cord presenting God's Word in a way that will inspire you in your own marriage and walk with God. Pastor Robert's vision is that through this fresh method of approaching God's Word, that husbands and wives will be equipped to face the world on a united front. 
as one team joined together by God, sharing the light of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world all around us. Monday through Thursday here on Main Thing Radio, we share messages from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. But today's message is unique. As you listened today, we're confident that you heard from God through Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. On Monday, Pastor Robert will be back with us teaching through God's Word verse by verse. So make plans to join us on Monday right here on Main Thing Radio.